My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. Happy Monday. It's the 17th of April. I'm Sam. I'm Zara. The Bureau of Meteorology, or Sam, the, the, the bomb. bomb, the bomb's back, says Australia is under an El Nino watch. After dealing with La Nina and floods for the past few years, we can't help but wonder what El Nino has in store for us. We're going to let you know in the deep dive. But first, Zara, what's making headlines this morning? Trigger warning, this story discusses sexual assault. Former NRL player Jared Hayne has been jailed while he awaits sentencing for his guilty sexual assault verdict earlier this month. Hayne was found guilty by a Sydney jury over an incident that occurred in Newcastle in 2018. It was the third trial for this same incident. Foreign ministers from G7 nations have landed in Japan for the first of a number of G7 meetings to be held in the country over the next month, including a meeting of the leaders in Hiroshima in a few weeks' time. Security officials in Japan have sought to reassure the member states of their security whilst in the country after an explosive was detonated at a speech Prime Minister Kishada was delivering on Saturday. No one was injured in the explosion. And there continues to be a battle for power in Sudan after the military and parliamentary forces entered into a violent conflict, killing at least 56 civilians. Armed clashes occurred at the parliament, presidential palace and army headquarters, with a military group representing Sudan's parliament called the Rapid Support Forces, who are currently in power, being challenged by the nation's army. Sudan has been governed by military generals since a coup in 2021. And the good news, Ghana has become the first country in the world to approve a new malaria vaccine. The R21 vaccine was developed by researchers at Oxford University, who called the approval a critical step to reducing malaria-related deaths around the world. The vaccine has been approved for use in children aged five months to three years old, with trials also being undertaken in the UK, Thailand and other African countries. Zara, you know how obsessed I am with weather news, so this is right in my wheelhouse, and I wanted to tell you about the new warning from the Bureau of Meteorology. They say Australia is under an El Nino watch, and what that means is that there's about a 50% chance of an El Nino event occurring this year. Sam? Zara? (laughs) Do you want to know a fun fact about me? Yeah? I learnt Spanish for three years. Do you want to know something else? You don't know what L means. I can't speak a single (laughs) word of Spanish. What I do know is that for a very long time we were talking about La Nina, which was a different weather pattern. Yeah. But now we're talking about El Nino. So can you just differentiate the two from one another? I can in 30 seconds. First, I need to tell you about Enso. That's me being So Enso is short for the El Nino Southern Oscillation. There's lots of elements that contribute to the Earth's weather, but ENSO is the strongest factor. And think about ENSO as a spectrum. Think about one of those boards that you drive past on road trips through regional Australia, which gives you an indication of fire danger. An ENSO sign would have La Nina on the left, El Nino on the right, and a neutral state between them. Now, typically the way an ENSO phase occurs is that it will start to the left on La Nina, 
And it takes between two to eight years to get to El Nino and swing all the way back again. Okay, so if we think of it as a spectrum from La Nina to El Nino, can we start with La Nina and can you just explain what that is? So La Nina happens when water on our end of the Pacific is unusually warm, warming up a particular area of the ocean. And with higher ocean temperatures, that means there's more evaporation, more water rising into the sky. So water leaving the ocean makes more clouds and clouds makes more rain in the Western Pacific. And so what that means for you and I is things like higher risks of flooding, lower daytime temperatures, and more tropical cyclones. Okay, so then what about El Nino? Well, El Nino happens when the water on the other end of the Pacific warms up and pulls the rain from Australia. And what that means is it makes Australia drier and hotter. Now, right now, we're in the middle part of that spectrum. We're neither in an El Nino or a La Nina event. Neutral territory. Yeah, but according to the Bureau of Meteorology, there are indications that an El Nino event is coming. It's not guaranteed, but the climate models suggest it could occur later this year and be relatively severe. Okay, so if that prediction comes to fruition and it is a relatively severe El Nino, what does that actually look like for us? Well, it looks like less rainfall through spring, winter and summer, especially on the east coast of Australia. But this has knock-on effects and it means that there'll be higher average temperatures because there's less cloud cover and the sun is hotter. And as well as these higher temperatures, there's also more individual days of extreme heat. So that's where we might see discussions about sport being cancelled over summer or drought or even bushfires. In the last few years of La Nina, I feel like we've just seen flood after flood. We heard, you know, one in a hundred years, five times in one year. Are we about to see some of the worst fires then with El Nino? Well, I did ask this question to David Carley from the Climate Council on this podcast a little while ago. And I'll throw the episode into the show notes if you want to have another listen to that. But our conversation was all about a report from the Climate Council on this exact question. And essentially what the report warned us about is how a period of La Nina, like the one we've just had, can actually worsen the risk of grass fires as we move into El Nino. And the way that works is this huge amount of rain that we've seen in the last couple of years during the La Nina event has created these ideal growing conditions for fast growing grass and shrubs. So when La Nina ends, the grass and shrubs have a chance to dry off and get hot in the sun, and that makes excellent fuel for a potential fire. So when an El Nino comes along, hot dry weather means that all it takes is a spark to set off the fuel growth that's accumulated during the La Nina period. I feel like we can't have these conversations about weather without talking about a changing climate. So is our changing climate actually impacting the way that we're experiencing La Nina and El Nino if they are what appears to be normal weather patterns? There's some really interesting research from the CSIRO where scientists examined 70 years of data on ENSO, and that's the oscillation between La Nina and El Nino. But then they overlaid that with historical data from climate models, so projections of what will happen in the future. And what they found is that changes to ocean surface temperature is going to be detectable as soon as 2030. And that's going to result in stronger El Nino events and stronger La Nina events as a consequence. And that will have a huge impact on our lives. We're thinking about food production, water sources, and even our human health. There's actually research from NASA about how an El Nino event in 2015 to 2016 triggered disease outbreaks all over the world. And basically how that happened was increased rainfall in East Africa during that El Nino period led to sewage contaminating water sources, which led to an outbreak of cholera. 
So that all might seem like a geography lesson, but what we're learning is that these weather patterns really impact us and impact humanity in different ways. And the hope is that by better understanding them, the better equipped we can become to understand our changing climate moving forward. Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learnt something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every weekday morning. We'll be back again tomorrow morning, but until then, have a brilliant day.